Hello and welcome to the first ever edition of What Most People Think. Breaking news, breaking news. But I'll probably have a sting for that next time I do this. But this is going to be a thing that I want to do going forward, which is a shorter version of the podcast where I'm going to try and be reactive to the big news. I already feel like I sound like a knobhead talking like this. But, you know, I, I, you, there are these podcasts out there doing their thing, news agents, the Alistair Campbell thing, and they all they all seem to come from, um, let's say, a, a, a fairly shared political standpoint and I kind of thought what if we had a every time there's a big story breaking there was something that was a slightly different point of view maybe more uh every man I'd, oh, I'm already annoying myself with this intro uh but funny as well with jokes in too so in this first ever episode of what most people think breaking news I'll be responding to Rishi Sunak's uh Rishi Sunak's big speech yesterday all little speech big speech big speech from a little guy there will be, right? So in the main podcast, there are going to be ads coming soon, which I think some of you have worked out by the fact I've stopped boasting about the fact that it's got no ads. I mean, that is, uh, that's going to come back to haunt me, isn't it? Where when we monetize the back catalogue and, and there's me going, well, the thing about me is I've got principles. And then the next, uh, the next thing is an advert for 10 of man pads. But um, they're going to be ads come in but part of the reason is this but first and foremost actually is that i want to enhance the offer for patrons so for patrons basically you're going to continue to get it ad free so if you want to continue getting what most people think ad free go to patreon sign up uh, what most people think they're also going to get it early patrons right and they're going to get they're going to get a little, little bit <laughs> already a little bit of extra length we all like a bit of extra length don't we? we're going to slip them um, some extra length there and, and what I hope that's going to do is give the patrons the benefits they should have always had so first up thank you to them and I hope you all if you've never paid for this right fucking sponges I hope you feel yeah, let's just have a round of applause for the patrons who for like three years have made sure everybody else got this ad free uh, but I think this will make it right but then for everybody um, there's going to be these extra episodes maybe a couple of months it will be very reactive um, to the big stories so these things are going to be punchy but of course it wouldn't be what most people think without a quick thank you and a fuck you uh, first up, just thank you to all the people buying tour tickets uh, for next year. Obviously, if you go to uh, Live Nation, you've got to keep scrolling down, by the way. I have to keep saying this. People go, well, I went, I went Live Nation. It was just stuff for the autumn. Like, yeah, because like, you know, most date stuff is, is chronological. And if, if you really, if it really is that hard, maybe don't come to any of the gigs because I'm worried what will happen to you the moment you leave the house. But for everybody else, um, there's loads of dates in the spring. It's just as big as the autumn tour. And there are new dates in Grimsby. Can't wait to go to Grimsby, said no one ever. I mean, look... I I'm I'm looking forward to doing the gig. Um, Stroud, there's going to be one in Derby. The first, a lot of people have asked me about Derby. Uh, it turns out that they do have a theatre in Derby. They've got Wi-Fi. They've got lattes. Apparently, it's all going on there. And then, uh, we'll see, why do I keep saying obviously? We sold out the autumn date of the Leeds gig at City Variety. So there's another Leeds date there. There is a date at Wimbledon Theatre as well, the big one. So we will, of course, be talking about Rishi's speech. And one of the things that he said is that essentially they're going to phase out smoking. And something that really annoys me is every single time there's a news story about smoking, every single little thumbnail image is just of a person smoking. I don't know why they feel the need to do this. They think that if they don't put an image of someone smoking, we'll go, oh, there's, there's the word smoking in a headline. What, what could it possibly mean? Does it mean chimney stacks or fireplaces? I think there are a number. And, you, know, you might say, well, what else are they supposed to put? A lighter, uh, a cigarette box, the politician who's basically driving the policy. And I do think it's weird. Like, who who allows themselves to be photographed smoking? It does feel 
sort of quasi OnlyFans, doesn't it? It feels like one of those <laughs> one of those kinks. Or, or the other the other possibility is that there's a person that either asks for consent to photograph someone smoking or just photographs people smoking without their knowledge. That's weird too. What most people think. Okay, let's get on to talking about Rishi's big speech. So one thing that all big politicians should look to do at conferences is pull a rabbit out of the hat. And boy, oh boy, did Rishi do that by having his wife open for him. She opened for him. That must be weird for her, right? Because as I understand it, she is minted on, like, next level minted. And you're sort of thinking, how am I this rich? But, but people still go, oh, it's Rishi's wife. <laughs> she must well just want to get out a graph and go, here's my wealth and here's his wealth. And here's his wealth before he met me. And here's his wealth now. But it's Rishi's wife, everybody. But um, it is odd because he's faced criticism because he said previously, leave my wife out of this. And then he's got her out on stage. And I, I don't know, I quite liked it in a way because it was just nice seeing a wife bigging up a husband, isn't it? I mean, as marriages go on, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't tend to happen so much. But she she bigged him up. There were loads of little Rishi in-jokes as well. But yeah, he does love rom-coms. Oh, I mean, that, that makes me respect him less. But, you know, it's a fact about Rishi, I guess. And I think there was something she said in the speech that... Um, Along the lines of like, oh, I never, I never, I never regretted being with him. And you know what it's like with couples, where if you was at dinner, you go, oh, it's just, just weird that you mentioned regret there out of nowhere. It's just like no one's saying regret, and then you said regret. It feels like you sort of do regret it, really. Um, she cracked a couple of good gags though as well. And I, I was thinking, right, I was thinking I quite like what Rishi's done here. Is he's got his missus out to open for him on tour. Now I, I've got brilliant support acts with me on tour, but I'm always on the lookout for a cost cutting exercise. So. I sort of wondered aloud whether or not I could get my wife to go out and just say nice things about me. But, um, I mean, she'd have some nice stuff to say, but she would also have to be realistic about it. She'd say, you know, Jeff, he's a, he's a dependable guy. He's very loving. But let's be honest, let's be honest, um, he's never cleaned the bathroom in 20 years. And then all the, all the women in the applause in the room would clap and then look at their husbands. But... Oh, Aksata, she had to... Let's stop, stop calling her Rishi's wife, okay, before I'm accused of minimising. Um, she had some good jokes, and I would say, if that's your support act, probably too good of jokes, because with the support act, it's a weird thing where you want them to do well, but there's a level of them doing well where you're backstage going, how long's she done? <laughs> how long's she done? Do you reckon he was in the wings, like him giving her, you know, that thing that that people... Like, like Fergie time, you know? Because he's like, okay, I think we've done it. Ref, going to the third official... Um, who, who wrote these? Who wrote these gags for her, guys? Why? Why didn't I? My, I don't feel like my gags are as good. But anyway, Rishi comes out and, and he's looking. Uh, he's looking very pleased to be Rishi. I do get the impression that Rishi Sunak is delighted to be Rishi Sunak, and, and good for him. I, I get the impression that Rishi is the kind of guy that's high fived a mirror <laughs> in his life, just giving a little high five, maybe, or giving himself at the very least a little mirror point. You know, when you've had about three pints and you go and wash your hands in the bog and then you just see yourself in the uh, the mirror and you go, you know what, you're all right, you are. Give yourself a little mirror point. Um, now, one of the most uh, aggravating things about him is that he's he's been quite tiggerish. Um, oh, you know, over-enthusiastic, a lot of GBB's, GB, CBB's presenter on cocaine, which might be happening anyway, but he, um, which does have the effect of making him seem younger because he's always like bobbing around like, you know, and I just want to add that I'm doing a great job and I'm a top bloke. Um, but it can be quite irritable. 
uh, irritating rather. And and so he comes out and he suddenly seemed a bit more prime ministerial, a bit more composed. And I thought, I wonder if he's been spiked. Um, <laughs> just just like a beta blocker spike or maybe just a small amount of ketamine. <laughs> Just to make him go within himself a little bit more. Uh, he did malfunction um, a couple of times. He, he had to sort of go back on the auto cue as well. And it was very strange. Like, it wasn't a very human way to malfunction. It was very glitchy. But overall, I thought the delivery was was fairly smooth. The N- Nicola Sturgeon gag. Um, what has he said? She's going to go down. She wanted to go down in the history down in history is the woman who made Scotland independent, but she's uh, she might go down for something else. Now, I thought it was quite a strong flavour for a Prime Minister to do that gag, particularly as the police investigations are ongoing. But I also thought the reaction was a little bit ridiculous, wasn't it? There was clearly some uh, Scottish nationalists, or some people call them separatists, which actually makes them sound cooler to me, a bit Star Wars-y. But they, uh, they reported him to the police. And I just thought, is this, is this one of those things where it's because it's a Tory saying it? Was it really that controversial a joke? You you know, if Anis Samwad said it, maybe. I, I don't know. But there, there is there is a premium. I mean, it's like HS2 to a point. You all have had mates in the last couple of weeks. You know, you're more, you're most anti-Tory mates that are suddenly HS2 is the thing that they were passionate about most in their life. Their dreams have been stolen. It's like, you remember when suddenly being in a customs union was, was one of your mates' most defining defining personality traits that he fucking loves a customs union oh don't don't get gareth talk about customs unions loves them loves them and you know getting to manchester 20 minutes quicker is is he was already counting down the sleeps to, to get into manchester a bit quicker so there was a lot of hyperbole uh, in and around this of people that haven't seen that exercised about it up, up until this point as someone going as far as saying um, the future's been cancelled I thought, well, you know, knowing what we know about trains, if the future had been cancelled, there would have at least been coaches. There would have been coaches to the future and those coaches, and you would have probably got to the future sometime around 5am the next day. Now, I thought the, I thought the message around HS2 was actually handled pretty well from the stage. It's all seemed very chaotic. There was this leak, then there's been weeks of speculation. But now I wonder, I wonder how choreographed all of that was because we people have moved pretty quickly from saying it would be a disaster to cancel HS2 to saying that the new plan won't work. And I think that's a sign that they're worried. They're sort of a sign that they, this will play out in a popular way because let's think about it. The people that are going to benefit most from that is London, Birmingham and Manchester, which is a lot of people collectively, but it's certainly nothing like close to a majority of the country. And I do remember... Um, gigging around the country during London 2012. You know, down in London, we all thought the Olympics was the best thing ever, you know? Do you remember, do you remember all, all the, all the centrists? Okay, and this is, they look back on it, don't they? That moment that Mo Farah won gold on the Saturday is the last time we were truly happy. But it turned out when you went around the country that, that not everyone shared that view. And, and quite reasonably, they just say, well, why do they get to have nice things? Why is money getting spent on them? So if the argument, and this is all, all depends on whether it gets across, is, okay, instead of spending money on... London, Birmingham, Manchester, we're going to spend money on everybody. Um, Maybe that could play out okay. And it does make me wonder if the leak was to create that speculation to then kind of sort of basically create a half folly, which which Ricky, which Ricky, Ricky Sunak, (laughs) I think he would sound a lot cooler if his name was Ricky Sunak, wouldn't he? Sound like someone from a Guy Ritchie film. And then Rishi was a Rishi was announcing all the different infrastructure projects that he will be able to do. He's just listed them off, you know. 
The M62. I'm just. I don't know if these are correct, by the way. Uh, uh, the Pennine, the Trans Pennine Express. And at one point, he said something like the Barrow in Furnace Relief Road. <laughs> and there's something about the combination of the word relief and the cheer in the room. It did feel. Oh, it felt climactic. It did feel climactic, and it did make me think. Well, weirdly, you know, from a day before when this all seemed like an absolute farce, it, I suddenly thought, well, this all depends how much the how much of this the public took on, right? Whether or not the public take away from this that the Tories have cancelled something and we're in a state of decline and we can't do bigger infrastructure things, or oh, actually, that was a shitload of money, and look at all the other things we could have. <laughs> All right, given that this is a quick, punchy, breaking news, the hype is going to be punchy as well. Thank you very much to all the people uh, that have bought the book. Please buy the book. If you're not a Patreon and all that sort of stuff and you you, you enjoy this podcast, please go on Amazon and Waterstones, buy the book. And crucially, uh, if you could write reviews, okay, on Amazon, if you've got an Amazon account, even if you bought it somewhere else, go on Amazon, a five-star, please. That would be fantastic. And I really want to give a shout-out, given that I've now become like uh, somebody said a spokesman for men's mental health stuff which I'm more than happy to try and do everything I can in that area I just want to say to all the local charities and, and people that are doing good work and reaching out to me I went on Twitter and I did a mega thread of all of that stuff and tried to give shouts out to anybody doing good work locally if you are struggling um, just go on Google men's mental health near me and look I, I did it for where I live and there was stuff very close by and I'm sure uh, that there will be the same for you all right let's get talk let's get back to talk about Rishi's speech okay then then smoking now smoking is different from alcohol in a way because you can drink a safe amount of wine I know that every once in a while we have that discussion where There'll be some scientific study that will say it's actually fine to smash through two bottles a day. <laughs> There'll be one that they clearly just want funding. Like, how can we come to a conclusion that gets us some attention and maybe some fucking rich alcoholic will throw us a few quid? And then there'll be the one that's going, actually, dark chocolate is good. For Do you remember that? Is that, does they still run that story? It's like every every other year, they'll be like, dark chocolate actually is better than you. Um, but alcohol, there's a safe limit on some level, but there's not for smoking. Every cigarette does does you harm, right? Um, so all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's, it's Rishi's mission, isn't it? He's just going to stop smoking. And everyone's like, it felt like the conference hall were like, well, okay, it's kind of just like you and this dude, but like you seem, <laughs> you seem passionate about it, but it's kind of on the decline anyway. And kids are all about the vapes. I don't really think it's kind of Marlboro you want to worry about. It's fucking uh, sour melon. Um... But it, and I also thought from kids' point of view, it must be weird because we're saying to them, "Look, you, we know you want to smoke," and they're like, "We don't." And he was like, "We're going to protect you from smoking," and they're like, "Okay, but we don't really want to do that anymore. It's a bit strange that you're so exercised about this. It's like saying, it's like saying, you know, no more use of pagers. You cannot use your pagers, and we're going to slaughter all firstborn Tamagotchis. But you know, cool plan, bro. Well done. Good for you. All right, smoking. It's good to stop smoking." And he spoke about the NHS as well. And one of the things he said, there was this running theme where he kept saying that there's going to be, that stuff is impossible, right? They said to me, Prime Minister, this is impossible. They said to me, you can't do this. I'm like, who the fuck are you surrounding yourself with, brother? You need to get more optimistic mates, I would say. Um, but one of the many things that he was told is impossible is that there could be a long-term workforce plan for the NHS, right? We Apparently, he's the first one to do it. And if, if that's true, then fair play. It does seem a bit worrying that no one's done that. And I think that with the way that immigration is likely to go, we need it more than ever, right? If you've got three to 600,000 people arriving a year 
they all need, well, I mean, you need a long-term workforce plan for everything because that's a, a lot of people to be arriving. But, you know, well done. He's, he's clearly a geezer that's up for the boring stuff, isn't he? He'll, he likes to sit and nerd out, nerd out with some infrastructure and spreadsheet plans. Um, which brings me, you know, speaking about immigration to Suella. Now, after this week's episode of the main podcast, there was somebody who said they were disappointed in me that I hadn't called out Suela's utter racism. First of all, I can't say enough. No one else gets to be disappointed in me apart from my wife, my parents, and my favourite teacher. And my parents and my favourite teacher are dead, so there's just one person and my son now. He, he gets to be, well, maybe not till he's 18. Maybe never. Um, but yeah, I think the first thing, as, as a white man telling a woman of colour that she's racist, I mean if you want to do that go ahead I think that that is a tricky area to be in um, and I also think that racism is such a such a powerful and important word that we do need to keep its power for the things that it exactly is so you could you could say I guess that some of uh, Suella Braverman's rhetoric in this Chicago speech not the conference speech which I come to is xenophobic or nationalistic you could make an argument about that but I will say this though her speech at conference using hurricane I think you're now in the realms of uh, inflammatory language I do, I do think that because you know the fact that there are Tory MPs fairly right-wing Tory MPs who clearly were uncomfortable with how she delivered that message I think that look it's like one it's like if racism is an important concept that you have to you have to address carefully because it's important, right? It's the same with immigration. It is important that somebody is willing to speak honestly about the challenges that all countries are going to face. But you still are the Home Secretary and it is still incumbent upon you to, to, to use language. Highlight the debate, but not raise the temperature. I know that's a difficult challenge, but, but fucking, she is the Home Secretary. Now, Rishi could have chosen to moderate that tone, but he chose not to, which I think, honestly, he's probably quite happy to be it to be out there right there was a lot of thing happening at this conference on the fringes where he's probably like, well i'm not gonna fucking say that um <laughs> but you use like can say that i'm definitely not saying you know so you go for it and so he can go up and be like i care about kids and smoking and and trains <laughs> uh it was a really narrow range of things that he spoke about but anyway we'll, we'll get to that um there was also this thing about He's going to merge the A-levels and the T-levels. I think most people are going, what the fuck is a T-level? But uh, we're all playing catch-up. Um, and he he basically laid out an a, a educational plan, which is so long, is so far down the line, right, that, that I guess it's a shot to nothing, isn't it? I'm the, the biggest overhaul in 30 years. And by the time it's done, I'll be living on another planet with Jeff Bezos. Um so, but yeah, he seemed quite passionate on education. There was one point where he said, my priority is education. And I thought, oh, he sounds like Blair. He's now done one education. He, he is two educations away from being baby Blair. And I think the, what's it called? The uh, uh, Advanced British Secondary ABS or something, which sounds like the, I remember the Ice Bucket Challenge, but, but I don't know. I, I think a lot of people will have understood that to mean just more maths, more maths, that's what people, I reckon, you know, we talk about what most people think. I would have think most people would have taken away. There was a geezer up there just going, more maths. So the format of the breaking news allows us to draw a proper what most people think conclusion. Like what would a broad public take away from this? Not like Twitter or social media with its focuses on identity issues. What are the broad brushstrokes of this speech, right? I thought it was quite a good speech on its own terms. I thought... The, the Prime Minister broadly was strong on the areas he gives a shit about. Um, though when he did the culture war stuff or the identity stuff, it did seem to come out of nowhere. 
because I, I, I was just I was felt like I was listening to it, and he just went like, "A man is a man," and I was like, "Hang on!" Like I just had to scrub back a bit. Like, where where the fuck did did that come from? And I, it felt like a late addition where someone's going, "Rishi, look, if you if you say this, it will just get an applause break." Okay, just fucking Rishi, just just say it. What was really odd is that in a cost of living crisis, a, pr- a prime minister spoke for an hour without saying much about the economy. If you look at like the subjects, like new education, like new qualification. Big infrastructure stuff of HS2, in fairness. Smoking, which again, it was like, okay, right, it's, it's almost gone, but whatever, man, you do your thing. And a couple of other bits, right? Economically, there wasn't much meaty there. And there's also this weird thing of like Rishi's, you know, there's that, that Doctor Strange film, the Marvel multiverse thing. Rishi's, yeah, there was Doctor Strange's multiverse of madness. I think that this is what Rishi's trying to do. And I get the logic, right? They're trying to reinvent themselves. How do you get a fourth term where you have to seem different, right? And then there was a, a fairly cliche joke that started to do the rounds on social media. It was like, well, wait till they find out who've been in charge for the last 13 years. I think they know that. I think that literally is the strategy. You know, like Rishi actually said, there's been some sort of political failure over the last 30 years. And I thought, all right, so you're including Labour and Tories in that. That always seems like the bigger thing to do. But I thought, you've gone right back to 1993. And I thought, look, you, you do your weird reinvention. I'm not sure it'll definitely work with the British public. You do what you've got to do. But in 1993, the economy was growing, okay? So keep Ken Clark's name out your fucking mouth. All right, I'll see you next week with the main podcast. <laughs>